When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Aaron Rodgers, the content gift that just keeps on giving, and that ain't going to change at all in a New York Jets uniform. He had his introductory press conference today. We got a lot of gems like the one that you just heard on that intro. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. Find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance can protect your small business with over 30 coverage options, an easy-to-use mobile app, personalized discounts, and plenty more. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Discounts and coverage selections not available in all states or situations. So Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet, and the New York Jets quarterback was in front of many microphones today and many reporters at his introductory press conference, and he made it very clear, Joe, that he's not here to be a savior. The opportunity to be a part of something special here, uh, it's different. You know, it's similar to Green Bay in that way. When you win in a city like Green Bay, well, I assume for a team like the New York Jets, you go down in history and there's something special about adding that to your legacy. Um, but to be a part of something special is what keeps you coming back. And I think this is building right now. And what Coach has done the last couple of years, uh, he's building something special the right way with the right values, uh, the right type of leadership. And I think I can just fit in perfectly i'm not here to be a savior of any kind i'm just here to be uh, the best quarterback i can be to lead authentically and to inspire the guys around me to raise their level of play to an even greater greater spot i mean they're bringing you in to be the savior let's be real it's a lowly franchise they haven't won forever of any significance they're looking for you to save them and change that all they are they are but i think of all the sound bites we have from rogers over the last how many months and all the ones that we've had some good laughs at this is probably the best one he's delivered. It's the best one. He says all the right things and none of it is really sound clip worthy. I'm not here to be the savior. If he is to come out and say, well, I'm here to be the savior, that's going to be something that catches on. That's on the front page of every newspaper in New York the next day as they start to make their jokes. The business for Rodgers is what's his motivation right now? Does he want to win? Does he want to stick it to the Packers? Is he doing it for money? Is he trying to bring a championship to the Jets? Is it because he doesn't know what else he wants to do? He's not ready to retire? I think those are all really good questions. And if it starts with winning a Super Bowl, then I think the Jets are in a really good situation. And ultimately, we're all going to figure that out. That was clearly what Brady was doing when he went to Tampa. All the stuff in New England he put behind him, he was looking to embark on the journey that was going to lead to one road and one road only, delivering him more hardware in the championship department. And he figured that out. With Rodgers, it always feels a little bit different. Uh, He's a little bit more open about things at times than Brady is. He seems a little quirky. And because he's quirky and because he's open, we we take our shots and we have fun with him. But ultimately, I think sometimes it gets him in a little bit of, I don't want to say trouble, but it leads to these narratives where people start asking questions and then he has to answer more questions. That soundbite right there is a guy who's going out to handle his business. And I like it. If you're a Jets fan, that's the one you got to cling to. Oh, that's the boring soundbite. There's right. nothing I about knew me that you would hate that, that sound. Bite. I hate you that sound. But he gave nothing us nothing to do with that sound. Bite. I mean, he, it was full. I mean, it was the typical players speak bull bleep soundbite. Like, let's be honest about it. What did he say? Oh, if you win here, you go down in history. That's quite literally every franchise in yes. the NFL. If you win there, Aaron, you go down in their history books. That's kind of how this whole thing works. And that's kind of how Super Bowls work. I know you've only won one of them, but yes, the winning is what puts you in the history books for the Green Bay Packers. And it's what would put him in the history books, of course, with the New York Jets. The difference here is that the Jets haven't done it in so darn long that they are desperate for it. And they are so desperate for it that they will trade away and do whatever to go ahead and supplant a first rounder 
by a guy who's 38 years old and bring him in because of the resume and because also they feel like they have the defense and the team around Aaron offensively, whereas at least if they have a competent quarterback, they can compete in a postseason. It remains to be seen whether that theory ends up holding up. I think this is a good Jets team. I do think it's a very different situation from Tom Brady, though, and I know it's easy for us to compare those two things. Another quarterback who's a generational type great. I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers is as great as Tom Brady. It's certainly in terms of resume, but a generational type great who leaves at the tail end of his career for a different franchise. With Tom, there was no questions, though, about whether he wanted to retire or not. He didn't seem to be mulling that. Also, with Tom Brady, it felt like he wanted to leave New England, and in part because he didn't like the pieces around him. And he looked at the pieces in Tampa. He looked at the wide receiving core in Tampa, and he thought, I'm going to go there. I'll have a better shot with that roster of winning a Super Bowl. And if I can bring in Gronk and some of the other help, I'll be able to get it done easier in Tampa than I could at this point in New England. It's not with Aaron Rodgers, his decision. He keeps telling us at every turn, oh, well, the Packers didn't call me. Go ahead and check my call log. I don't have cell service, so they didn't get in touch with me. And so now I'm the victim and I'm going to the Jets because they wanted to move on for me. It's not like he pinpointed his finger and pointed at the New York Jets and was like, you know what? That gives me a better shot at winning. And so it feels like a different situation to me. It concerns me a little bit, or it would. If I was a Jets fan, I'm a Dolphins fan. So actually it'll lead to me. All right, so let's do this. New exercise, because we get so caught up in these press conferences and these words and the stuff that's happened in the past. I want to look to the future. The NFL schedule is coming out in a few weeks. Who did the Jets play in week one? I'm not asking you to guess it right. I'm just asking you to guess what you want to see for his debut. I'm going to give you some options, okay? Dallas is on the schedule. Obviously, Buffalo, Miami, and the Patriots are on the schedule. The Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, and Chargers are all on the schedule because they play the AFC West. You've got the New York Giants on the schedule. You've got the Philadelphia Eagles on the schedule, as well as, I believe, Washington. I think, no, it's the crossover is just those two. And then you've got the Cleveland Browns, the Houston Texans, the Atlanta Falcons. You can just throw all those out. No one's going to want to see that. What would you want to see for the Rodgers debut in week one? Because if you give me Rodgers versus the Patriots, I don't want to see that crap. I don't think the Patriots no, are going to be very good. I don't want that crap. Sizzle. I don't want them versus Houston. I want a good one right out of the gate. Of that. I guess a good matchup, fine. I mean, I don't honestly, in terms of like drama storylines, I don't think that there's any of that anywhere, really, right? You got to go Buffalo, I think. Go Buffalo. Yeah, but welcome to the AFC East, the reigning champion versus the team that's trying to knock them off. Put those two together on Monday Night Football to open the season. How awesome would that be? You're welcome, network executives everywhere as I continue to do the jobs of 1,000 people on a daily basis. My wife appreciates none of it. I know Amber and everyone else here at ESPN does. I do very much. I appreciate all your job. Well, I certainly appreciate your Joe and Amber job the most. You know, yeah. I mean, the other jobs we could. My favorite of the we jobs. We could probably do without. But of My course, favorite of the naturally. Jobs. Do you tell all your jobs that, though, let's, Joe? Uh, let's, let's do this. Let's not tell anyone in this household this is the favorite of the jobs. Just be, <laughs> oh, man, I... Just if only I could just have all my time with you, sweetheart. I don't want to go do any of this stuff. I just want us to be retired together. Of That's course, the narrative here. That, at is, home. that is the narrative inside the household. I get it. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance, but I also have a feeling that you whisper these same sweet nothings to all the folks at the Daily Wager, where you tell them you're my favorite job. Ah, <laughs> uh, old Daily Wager. <laughs> my entry point Coming into ESPN. Beautiful yes. friends as well. Coming up. Here on Joe and Amber, Joe's favorite job. C.J. Stroud's draft stock has dropped the past couple of weeks. How concerned should he be about that and those rumors? We will get into all things NFL draft. That's coming up next here on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. An extra 30 minutes of Joe and Amber tonight. We are taking you up until 9.30 p.m. Eastern. No Joe and Amber tomorrow night. You will get instead the NFL draft. It kicks off tomorrow. Who will the Panthers pick at number one overall? Find out tomorrow night. The 2023 NFL draft is on ESPN Radio, presented by Boost Mobile. First round coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. So, of course, we know that as we head up to the hours before a draft here, Joe, the news cycle can make or break a player, or at least seemingly so. And things get hot, things get cold. We've been talking about these guys for months heading towards the NFL draft. Now in the final minutes, the questions still remain in this draft because we really have no idea what is happening after that first pick. Now, people still think that first pick is probably Bryce Young. There was a time when it seemed like C.J. Stroud was a locked on odds favorite to be at least the next quarterback off the board. Then C.J. started slipping in terms of the court of public opinion. There was a lot of negative reports about how he did on his S2 cognitive test score, about his coachability. There was even some scrutiny about his attendance at the Manning Passing Academy. It feels like things have gone the wrong direction as we head towards the draft for C.J. Stroud. I'm not sure it matters, but that's what has happened here. The first question to ask yourself when you see all this negative news coming out surrounding a prospect is who stands to benefit from this Mm -hmm. if it turns out that in wow in two weeks time who would have thought that cj stroud is not a team guy he's not smart he's a system quarterback he's not into this this and this it's like that is quite a bit of information to dump over one week's time when we've been talking about these dudes for months and everyone has been content starved So I wouldn't read too deep into it. It wouldn't surprise me if there's somebody sitting there that would love to see C.J. Stroud fall. Maybe it's Tennessee at 11, who everyone's linking to uh, from the quarterback position. Maybe it's a team like the Raiders at 7, who would love to see him fall so they have the eventual heir to Jimmy Garoppolo that they could develop. Maybe it's a team like the Colts, who has everyone believing they're going to take Will Levis out of Kentucky if he's there at 4, but what they really want is C.J. Stroud. I will tell you, the odds say this. Bryce Young, after yesterday's Reddit nonsense, which we covered in depth on this show, which suggested that there was a a leak that Levis was going number one, Bryce Young went all the way down to minus 800 to go first overall. That means risk 800 to win 100. He's now back up to minus 1,600. Uh, He's going number one. Even back it out. Things have gone back the way that they should be. back to normal. We are back to normal. So number two pick. Tie in terms of who's the favorite. Will Levis, the quarterback from Kentucky, and Tyree Wilson, the pass rusher from Texas Tech, whose stock has surged the last two weeks. That would take us to number three in Arizona. And I want to throw this out there as a note because the odds say Parrish Johnson, the offensive tackle, left tackle out of Ohio State. He's your favorite. But keep something in mind. Arizona's been looking for a trade partner. The rumor is they want to move down. Rumors surfaced today that Philadelphia who has two first-round picks, 10 and 20, I believe, Philadelphia wants to trade up. Now, going up to three would be expensive, but the rumor is Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia, that they want to put him next to um, Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia that they drafted last year. And because of that, Jalen Carter was 11 to 1 to go third overall, and then in like 15 minutes it shifted all the way down to 7 to 1. So keep that in mind. The odds are moving. That doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. But that was one of the juicy nuggets today was that Philadelphia might want to come up to three or if Carter's still available by five, they might want to trade up with Seattle and that Seattle might be looking to trade back. If you want a rumor on that as well, as this diatribe continues, one of the rumors I heard is that Seattle wants to trade back to stockpile picks so that in next year's draft, when Caleb Williams and Drake may come out, they can make a push to go as far up the board as they can to get one of those guys. 
That's interesting. I always think it's an interesting strategy. You're welcome. Listen to the content. That is so much content. Uh, It's interesting when teams, I feel like do that when they look ahead, like, oh, hey, let's go ahead and look ahead to the 2024 draft. I mean, who knows if Caleb Williams, I understand what he looked like this past season. and, And certainly none of us expected him to look like that in Riley's system. Nevertheless, it's another year. Like if we had had this conversation about Will Levis a year ago, also it would have been very different versus Bryce Young and CJ Stratton. Anthony Richardson in that conversation clearly wouldn't have even existed. So these things change so dramatically. I always think it's an interesting strategy. Now I understand how a team like the Texans or any of these teams that think, okay, you know what? We're probably still not going to be great no matter where we draft. Let's go ahead and stockpile. We are going to look towards a quarterback more like next season because we don't love any of these guys. Like if you just determine none of these guys are your guy, but I think it's an odd strategy to pinpoint somebody in the next draft when we are so far away from that next draft and they could end up being horrible this next year in college football. That's true, because if you go back one year, all we heard about with the draft class that came out quarterback-wise last year was, this is not a good quarterback class. Mm -hmm. You want to wait for next year. That's Mm -hmm. the year with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. That's going to be the great quarterback class. And then we got here, and all we're hearing about is, well, this draft class is okay, but wait till next year. Caleb Williams and Drake May. That's going to be the class. So to your point, Amber, absolutely. You can get very excited about something like that now, but what's it going to matter if in a year from now the narrative has changed completely or there's been a major injury or there's been some other falling out in some way, shape, or form? So it's something to keep in mind. But I have been betting on this event since 2009. Now, please disregard the fact that legalization didn't occur until years after that. Don't No one needs to worry Details. about that right now. Just a detail. I have never seen so much chaos and so much uncertainty in the final 24 hours leading up to the draft than I have in previous years. I have so little confidence in any predictions you could ask me about who's going where, and that's very rarely the case this time of year. It really is. I, I have no idea. What do you think Houston does? Last year, they surprised everybody by taking Derek Stingley, the corner at LSU. No one saw that coming. So do we have another surprise in board? They've been linked to at least five different guys. Right. I, I just, I don't understand it. If, if I'm Houston, I'm trading back. I just don't get it. If you're not going to take a quarterback here, I'm trading back at least a few spots. I understand if you want one of these top defensive guys off the board, that's fine. But why wouldn't you at least trade back a couple spots and get a little something in return in order to do that? I don't understand that philosophy. But yes, they have been a franchise that has been unpredictable in the past. One of the other things that's been unpredictable is the narrative around C.J. Stroud. I mentioned that he's been falling in part because of the negative reports about his S2 cognitive test score. C.J. Stroud, he spoke. Here is the NFL draft prospect. I'm not a test taker. I play football. At the end of the day, man, I don't got nothing to prove to nobody. So I don't, I'm not going to sit here and explain how I process football. People who are making the picks know what I can And I know what I can do. I know I can process well. I know, I know I'm one of the smartest quarterbacks in the NFL when I step in there tomorrow. So I got confidence in myself. And I don't think you can play at Ohio State and not be smart. So if you don't trust and believe in me, I'll continue to watch this. <laughs> I mean, I like the confidence. That's obviously what you want to see. Yeah. I don't agree that he doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. In fact, I think he kind of liter- literally has everything to prove to everybody. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's that what? factor. But for these guys, it's just about, at this point, you, the hay's in the barn. There's only so much that can be done. Right. Take your time. Try to enjoy your night tomorrow night. And I know that's damn near impossible to do. I, I, I get that. Try to enjoy the night. And then you're going to get swept up into this whirlwind that you have no idea what's coming. Any parent out there knows what life was like the moment that first kid was born and how dramatically life shifted afterwards in a huge way. Not just for the, oh, I'm so in love with this baby. I never knew I could be so in love. It's the whole like, oh, I can't even like go out anymore. I need a mm-hmm. babysitter. Like I have to be responsible for all this stuff now. It's, it's, it's massive. And for these guys, life's going to change dramatically. So hopefully, enjoy the moment tomorrow night. Your OTAs are going to start, your mini camps, all that, and then you can embark on a career, and hopefully it can be successful. But that's, that's a lot of the fun with this. You spend so much time tearing these kids down. I really hope it works out for everyone as best it can tomorrow night.
Yeah, there's not many times in life that you realize your life is changing dramatically. Uh, The birth of a child is one of those times. You're right. I would imagine getting drafted into the NFL is one of those times where you know your life is about to change dramatically in any way you cut it in a very, very good way if you are getting a job in the NFL, which has been your dream your entire life. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Nick's up double digits on the Cavs still right now, 74 to 63. However, Julius Randle sprained ankle, doubtful to return. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive protects your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, and RV, and you could save money. Visit progressive.com. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. We will continue to keep you updated on all of the NBA action. Lakers Grizz right now. Grizz up on the Lakers 56 to 42. Heat and Bucks tips off at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. I don't know what you're doing to me, NBA, making me stay up till midnight to watch my Heat eliminate the Bucks. Also, Warriors Kings. Huh? It is a 10 p.m. Eastern tip-off. Let's go ahead and big deal, not a big deal. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Joe and Amber? How sick of me are you, James Steele? Uh, Big deal or not a big deal, Amber is super annoying about the heat. (laughs) Can you imagine if we advance? And then heat nicks on top of that, potentially. I mean, knock on wood. Knock on wood on everything around me, but... (laughs) The thing is, James, you, you just went so overboard. Not overboard, but you really just brought the Chiefs fandom to the show so often. You knew when she had an opportunity to run it back, she was going to do it. That's, right. that's, that's fair. Happened. I, have, I haven't you gotten know. many opportunities from the Heat, and the Dolphins really, I mean, I don't, the way I things don't went think. with two at the end of the season, they didn't really give me much. I think to you're work misrepresenting how much Chiefs I brought to the show during the the season. All right. Okay. So big deal, not a big deal. Starting out, the Chiefs. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Uh, <laughs> That's good. That would have been amazing. <laughs> All right. Uh, Joe so, would have walked off set. So this, uh, this Colorado story is pretty interesting. Uh, Colorado has had 28 players enter the portal since Monday, the most of any FBS team, 41 since April 15th. Uh, that includes the three who entered the portal uh, today, most notably Taylor Upshaw, defensive lineman, who recently transferred to the school from Michigan and starting offensive lineman Jake Wiley. Deion Sanders, hired in December after three seasons at Jackson State, has consistently spoken about flipping the roster. He told players in his first team meeting to hop in that portal. So, Joe, big deal or not a big deal, the huge roster transfer uh, 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 turnover at Colorado. Very big deal. That's what Deion Sanders is. He's a big deal. He was a big deal in college football. He was a big deal when he was in the pros. He was a big deal when he was also playing baseball. He's a big deal in retirement. And now he's a big deal as a college football coach. No one gave a crap about the University of Colorado. They stunk. And he went there and they are in the news every day. Every day. Now, he is completely flipping the roster, which is exactly what he said he was going to do. But I'm going to throw this out there. And again, it's a gambling slant. I would be looking to bet against the Buffaloes this year. I really would. There's going to be a lot of hype around Dion. There's a lot of people that are going to want to buy into this team. That's going to make them overvalued. And with this much roster turnover, I mean, how many of you guys talk, you talk about 40, 50 new guys coming in at the same time? It's going to take a while to get this thing organized. I'd be, I don't think it's going to be a great first season for them. He said this roster would undergo an extreme overhaul when he was hired for this job. This is an extreme overhaul with a capital E. I mean, it's unbelievable what's happened here. And yet 
I wouldn't have any problem with it at all if I'm Deion Sanders. This is a roster that was 1-11 in 2022. It needs an extreme overhaul. It's why you hired Deion Sanders and put Coach Prime in this situation. So, yeah, sure, mass exodus. I'm sure he's welcoming it. There's going to be changes. You want there to be changes. I agree with Joe. I think there's also going to be growing pains that come along with the changes. But right now it looks ugly. It's all part of the process. I think it's a big deal because it's a complete overhaul of a program that desperately needs an overhaul. And for once, people care about Buffalo football. All right, last week uh, when speaking to the media, Tua said this about uh, his uh, concussion history last season. I considered it for for a time, um, having sat down with my family um, having sat down with my wife and having those kind of kind of conversations, it would be hard for me to 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 walk away from from this game with how old I am, with with my my son. I I always dreamed of growing, you know, playing as long as I could to where my son knew exactly what you know he was watching his his dad do. It's it's my health, it's my body. It, you know, I feel like this is what's best for me and 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 my family. So. I mean, I, I love the game of football. You know, if I didn't, I would have quit a long time. So, Amber, a big deal, not a big deal that Tua considered retirement in the offseason. This is not a big deal because I know what you're doing here, James. It's because I said <laughs> that it was a big deal once that Aaron Rodgers considered retirement. And if I was a Jets fan, I wouldn't feel good about getting the guy who was darn near retired. That doesn't normally set you up for success. This is a very different situation. And not just because this is my Miami Dolphins that we're talking about, but from an objective perspective, a very different situation. Because Tua is only in that bite mulling retirement and even addressing retirement because everybody else was telling him that he should retire. And not the doctors telling him he should retire because he's been cleared and they say that he can come back and that he won't be any more susceptible to concussions than anybody else. But it was everybody in the media and and a lot of the talking heads saying that Tua should retire. And it's a conversation that I'm glad he had with the people that love him in his life and his family. But you could hear in that bite, Joe, he wants to play football. He loves the game of football. He doesn't seem to be mulling retirement anyway because he's like tired of it. Certainly not an age factor by any means. He's an incredibly young man. And he also told you he wants to be out there. He wants his son to see him play. I would imagine he wants his son to see him win a Super Bowl. So let's go ahead and do that too. It sounds like a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Tough to answer this one. Big deal, not a big deal. Because on one hand, I want to say not a big deal. It's not a surprise to know that someone who's gone through what he's gone through thought about retirement. Of course, that's going to cross your mind. Of course, you're going to sit there and be like, well, you know, I got some problems here. And players today are far more aware of the damage of head injuries than they were 20, 30 years ago. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he would think about that and then make the decision to go forward. So not a big deal. But then on the other hand, big deal big deal and in a good way that guys are so now aware of the damage that can be caused that they're having these thoughts these conversations these discussions at these phases of their career and weighing all the options if he chooses to play good for him he knows the risk but at the same time if he would choose to retire good for him he's making the decision that's in the best interest of him and his family you can't go wrong in situations like that I always got upset when people got so mad at Andrew Luck for retiring like, what do you want him to do? He He's thinking long-term about his life. Uh, the Bruins just scored to make it 2-1. to one. They're up 2-1 to one on the Panthers in the second period. Uh, More importantly, pizza money, pizza money number one. Memphis first half just cashed. And there you go. Uh, so uh, we're playing big deal, not a big deal. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. So uh, we had this discussion uh, pre-show in, or in one of the breaks. I can't remember. But our board up, Nick Carney. Uh, cashed out a bet on the Leafs uh, the other night when they were down four to one. He cashed out for fifty cents. If, do you care to explain yourself? Is that a big deal or not a big deal? Well, let's cents. let's let's explain that to people. So he made a bigger bet than fifty cents, but because what they were down three one, you had the opportunity to surrender and walk away with fifty cents, Nick. Correct. And you decided fifty cents was worth that, it. That's it. That's all you got. We welcome ride. you to Joe and Amber, and you got the one word answer. Open mic. I don't know. Was it open mic then? Am I invited? No. It was Explain a ten. It to the people. It was a ten dollar bet to win twenty. Uh, they were down one nothing when I placed it, so I was leaving my house. I said, "Okay, they're down four one. They're not coming back. This is over." And I was like, "Let me take what I can get." 
because um, usually you can't cash out when it's that bad. But I took my 50 cents and I was like, I'll just swallow my pride and, you know, walk away with something in hand. Here's 5%. You can have 5% back. It's better than nothing. So I took that. I did just turn it into $8. So Hold on, hold on. You got to finish. How'd the game end? Oh, the the Maple Leafs came back. They came they back won and won, didn't five, they? Four, <laughs> and I would have been $20 richer if I just wasn't an just idiot. Just let 50 cents ride. I well, value the, the dollar. the story? What'd you end up doing with the 50 cents? Well, I... What can you do these days with 50 cents? You can put it on a Jalen Brunson first basket and make $8 back, which I did tonight. So that was 16 to 1? Yes. Good for you. It all. It's all... I have a method to my madness. If you say so. Joe, was this a big deal or not a big deal then? You're the expert here. It's a big deal. It's some of the worst strategic gambling that's ever, ever taken place. <laughs> to, to sac- to, to, first of all, the NHL playoffs are, are wild. Teams are coming back from three goals down like every night. Now, I can understand walking away with the 50. Not, not the right move, but it's his money. That's, I always want to maintain that. It's your money. You get to make the decision. So he walks, and then somehow the gambling gods gift him a 16-1 to 1 so he can make it all back pretty much the next night. So all's well that ends well, I guess? I guess. Like, what do, do you make more... of that? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm not the expert here. It seems like lunacy to go ahead and cash out 50 cents. Like, I don't even understand what's the point of that. I would have definitely. What if your, your husband told you that? What if that was your husband and he told you that story? That's how he was gambling with your money. What, what would you yeah, think about well, that? I'd be, I'd be annoyed because just go ahead and go for it. What the hell is a 50 cents going to get us? James, I don't, do I don't have, have my own show, so I don't have that. Uh, li- <laughs> that, uh, that the fact financial that that freedom. was the take. The fact that it's the tape was, cents, it doesn't man. matter. It's a pittance. It's like, that's not. Nick, you aren't even old enough to remember when 50 cents could make a phone call. I mean, come on. You like, do you even have People coins? had to pay for phone calls? <laughs> yeah. Oh, those days were something else. Quarters in the machine. Oh, my goodness. James? Uh, I, I think that we're up against uh, the break here, so I think we'll we'll stop there. Aisha, um, I mean, Nick should have been like someone else on this uh, show unit who uh, bet on Morgan Riley to score in overtime uh, a couple nights ago. So Is that, that you? Yeah, that, it was me. Was that yeah, you? It was, it was that was, okay, was that was you fluffing okay. your own feathers on a good bet yeah, that you made? Of course it is. That's what's called peacocking. peacocking. He's yeah. peacocking. He's peacocking. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber. We are not coming down the stretch, by the way, because you get an extra 30 minutes of Joe and Amber tonight. We are taking you up until 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and then I'm getting off the air so I can go watch the Heat beat the Bucks. However... We are opening up the phone lines to you like we always do at 845. Go ahead and give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Bring us your hottest takes, NBA postseason, whatever you got for us, NFL draft. Joe and Amber, the phone lines are open. Joe and Amber, the podcast. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Contrary to what James Steele said earlier, the Panthers are up on the Bruins 2-1 late in the second quarter. We are keeping you up to date on all things playoffs in the NBA. The Knicks and Cavs are at it. Knicks up 87-75 on the Cavs. The Grizz up 61-52 to on the Lakers. Joe and Amber, you can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. We are going to get to your phone calls in just a moment. The phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. We love when you join the conversation. But first, Joe's got some more advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Already 1-0 tonight. Pays to listen to the most profitable... Sh- profitable... <sighs> Come on, man. You, if, you you're wanna, gonna, if you're going to stand oh, up and talk trash, you huh? get the sentence out of your stupid mouth. Whatever. It pays to listen to the most profitable show in sports radio. We had the Miami, Memphis Grizzlies first. I'm just going to – let's put a bow on this, all right? Uh, Milwaukee, first half, minus seven and a half against Amber's beloved Miami Heat. Two reasons here. Milwaukee could go one of two ways after choking away that game to the Heat the other night. You can roll over and die – or you can show up and figuratively punch somebody in the face. I think they got championship medal. I think they're going to show up tonight, much like they did in game two without Giannis, when they won by 16 points off that game one loss. They led by seven after the first quarter. They led by 26 at the half. I think they come out firing tonight. Jimmy Butler had an incredible night the other night, but he shot like 68% from the floor, 18 free throws, not happening again. Better effort from the Bucks. better effort from Drew Holiday. Bucks cover the first half spread minus seven and a half. 13 black odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. What's the overall spread of that game again? The overall spread is 12. 12 points. 12. What do you like? So you Jimmy like something? Butler puts up 56 on them, and they have the Bucks favored by 12 tonight. Uh, the disrespect, Joe. Well, it's not it's not so much disrespect. A lot of times they're factoring in that whole do or die thing. Now, I can understand you take it as disrespect, but it is on the road. Milwaukee is the number one seed. They're power ranked a certain way. And the thought process here would be that perhaps Miami could be a little lackadaisical, a little soft while Milwaukee is going to be on the razor's edge tonight. A little tired, maybe. I am a little concerned. If I'm objective for a moment, I'm a little concerned. Because remember, Jimmy had that monster performance in 2020 in the NBA Finals in Game 5, I believe it was. He left it all on the floor. He had nothing in Game 6. I mean, just nothing. And you can understand he was gassed. I'm a little afraid we might see that sort of thing tonight, but I believe. Nevertheless... I believe. Let's play some caller roulette. Triple eight. Say ESPN. Let's spin that wheel. Tyler. Tyler's right up the road from me in Tampa. Hey, Tyler. Thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, I'm a Dolphins fan. I know we don't have a first round pick, but I know we still need dynamic playing, playmaking out of the backfield or a set tight end. So I think I have a solution for both. Go on. I say uh, I think we can make a trade with the Vikings, package some picks, maybe get their uh, high 20s pick and Dalvin Cook, maybe package Cedric Wilson and Jeff Wilson and some other picks, try to get that swap for a good tight end there in the end of the first round. Man, Jeff Wilson ended up being pivotal to the Dolphins towards the end of the season. A good trade by the Dolphins. I I do wonder if the Dolphins could be in the market here for some sort of trade because they do not have that first-round pick because they got in trouble for tampering with Tom Brady. Dalvin Cook has made it clear, apparently, that he would like to be a Miami Dolphin. So there's that portion of the story, I assume, that that's what that caller is reacting to. But I could see the Dolphins trying to find their way into the first round. I don't know if they're going to, Joe. All right, so a few points here. Number one on the tight end position, there's basically two guys. There's Michael Mayer coming out of Notre Dame, and there's Dalton Kincaid coming out of Utah. I believe Kincaid will go first to those two. Some people see it differently. That's a great prop if you want to bet it. They should be going in the first round. That's probably it. And I don't know if you pick up the Vikings pick, if those guys will be there by that point. One of them could be. So in terms of the tight end position, that's how I see it. Number two, I don't think you need Dalvin Cook in Miami. I don't think you need a big-name running back. Mike McDaniel is from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. 
he is more than capable of bringing in running backs who aren't marquee names and getting big-time production from them. I covered Jeff Wilson when he was in San Francisco as a Niner. The guy can play, and it's not a surprise to see that he played well in the Miami system that McDaniel was a part of in San Francisco. Is that a, is that a little bit of a, we'll give you some of our bad players for a first-round draft pick? Yeah. And also, Dalvin well, it Cook. did seem a little unrealistic. It's, a little, it's like let's little, let's grab what he had. He had yeah. us giving up Jeff okay. Wilson. I mean, I loved the trade. I'm just, just not to sure point that, that the out. Vikings I don't know. I just, would love the trade. That's the classic. Like, all right, so I'm an Eagles fan. We're ten. We want to get up to three. We'll switch <laughs> picks with you, and we'll give you a seventh next year. And then, you know, once we're at three, who do we take? It's like you're not going to get to three with that offer. Let's just start there. Kenneth Gainwell and psycho fan trades are the best, especially at the deadline when it comes to baseball and basketball. We're all just over here playing Madden. All right, let's spin that wheel. Triple eight say ESPN. That is where we find our friend Terrence in Georgia. Terrence, thanks for the call again tonight. What do you have? Uh, The back pages of the New York sports section is going to belong to Aaron Rodgers. That takes the heat off of Daniel Jones. So I think Daniel Jones will get a a pass this season with all the heat and concern going uh, toward uh, Aaron Rodgers. And I'm glad that uh, Julius Randle sprained his ankle. You know, it's well, (laughs) shot there at the end. Not going to root for injuries. Yes, rooting for injury is never a good thing. Um, I do think it's an interesting point, though, by Terrence, because Daniel Jones, of course, there's a lot of expectations. They exceeded expectations. The Giants this past season, so did Daniel Jones. He gets paid, and he would be under a ton of scrutiny. He'll still be under scrutiny. He's playing in the number one market in the country, and we know how that media is up there. But at the same time, Joe, he's right. I mean, a lot of the coverage is going to be of that other team and that Aaron Rodgers guy. That's a good thing for the Giants because they're going to take a step back this season and they're not going to want as much coverage. But yeah, you know what? The Jets look like the, they're the A1 story in town until further notice when it comes to a football team. I had somebody tweet to me that the page six editors are loving Aaron Rodgers in their town. I mean, it's absolutely true. You would imagine the New York Post, all the publications, he's going to be all over all of it all the time because Aaron Rodgers always says the things he said the things today at his introductory press conference for the New York Jets. Coming up next, we're going to continue to take your calls here on Joe and Amber. We ain't going anywhere. All right. You get some bonus Joe and Amber tonight here on ESPN Radio. We are taking you up until 9.30 p.m. Eastern. We will continue to take your calls triple eight say espn plus we'll keep you updated on all things nba and nhl postseason joe and amber the podcast we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Bonus Joe and Amber tonight. We are still here. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. We're going to get to your phone calls in just a moment. The phone lines are open. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. Joe, what are your thoughts on FaceTiming? Uh, for my parents, with my kids, yes. And like with relatives, I don't do it with anybody else. I, if you call me... And it says FaceTime, which a few people do. I don't even fake pretend to let it ring the whole way so you think I don't see it. I, I send you to voicemail to send the message that I am not picking that up. So I do not interact that way. Now, I understand that that's weird, but I, I just I don't need to be doing that. I don't need to be right. looking at people and doing the whole thing. I, I'd rather just just let me live in my cave. But do you call back when you decline the FaceTime? I text. Oh, okay. I text. I say I will not be FaceTiming. And I try to steer the conversation to text so that I don't have to actually talk to so the people So you don't even have either. to talk. Wow. Yeah. You don't even want to go any sort of voice communication. That's interesting. And that if was you the can voice- try it. Uh, any of you, Nick, uh, James, Amber, any of you can try it. I'm happy to send you to voicemail <laughs> and then text you and say, we can do this all here. We can get it done very effectively via text. I think the message is pretty clear there. Now, that, of course, was the voice a moment ago of Nick Cardi, our board op, who's like 12 years old. So for you, Nick, is the answer different? Because I feel like in your generation, you're 24, 
FaceTiming's like uh, protocol. Like, are you FaceTiming your guy friends all the time? Is this an actual source of communication where you will only FaceTime? Uh, it depends. Not normally. I'm also kind of an older soul, so I don't. I'm a big just call me. Um, but no, that is a thing in our generation of like if like something goes down at work, like yeah, FaceTime, like hop in the group FaceTime to, to talk group about it. FaceTime. Oh, oh yeah, there's God, like four or five like people in there. Zoom meetings over here in groups. Well, um, I can go either way. I do a lot of FaceTiming my husband and my kid and that sort of thing. Sometimes I'll FaceTime friends. I will, but not not all the time. If I had a friend that only exclusively wanted to FaceTime, that would be annoying. Alan Alan Yates, who's one of the producers on our morning show, Keyshawn J. Will Max, strictly FaceTime. Really? Yeah. We were we Beat were it. I, I Beat can't... it, Alan Yates. Lose my Yates, number. Bring, Yates always brings the fire with the music on KJM. The like FaceTiming, he needs to calm down. We right. were I, I can't remember it was a it was a it was an NFL game last season. It might have been the first game of the year and we had bets going and we were both up way too late because, you know, Fridays are an early day. That's whenever I was on the morning show. And I texted him about something, just figuring he would wake up and see it. But he just immediately FaceTimed me. We just FaceTimed until we, we hit the bet. And then we celebrated. And, but I've, never, I've only communicated with him via FaceTime. Here's I don't problem. know if this is a woman thing, but that's, that's, it's kind of my nightmare when people catch me off guard with FaceTime. Like, I don't need to be caught off guard. I, like, I need to be ready for it, you know? Like, maybe I, I don't know, not looking the, you my look best nice. at the moment. Yeah, yeah well, you want to look whatever. nice. You want to look maybe, presentable. I feel the exact same way, Amber. I mask on my face, I can you know? respect I that. I can respect that. As for Yates, let me ask you something, because this is my biggest problem with FaceTime. It's when these jabronis call on FaceTime and they hold the phone down at their waist so the view you get is of underneath their chin. Oh, that's like, okay. that's what I want to look at as I'm trying to go about my business. Not holding it here like I have to do for my parents. Here, say hi to, to Harrison here. I say hi to Wyatt. And everyone's waving back and forth. Like the people that just walk down the streets talking, holding it under their chin so you can look up their nose. What value does that have to me? Zero. Absolutely none. Uh, yeah, I don't know who those people are, but those people I, I would begin not to be hate the people with. as a result of that. Did you know that? Well, that's something I have to work on on Wednesdays when I go to my therapy <laughs> sessions. I start just hating people for things like that. And you got to realize, like, like, no, you can't take it that far. Woosa. Yeah, it seems like you're pretty unreasonable uh, with people's attempts to try to communicate with you verbally yes. and visually. Nevertheless, let's get to your phone calls. We appreciate you appreciate when you communicate with us verbally very much. Triple eight, say ESPN. That is where we find Mark. Mark is in Wisconsin. Mark, thanks so much for the call tonight on Joe and Amber. What do you have for us? A couple things. Number one, quickly on the NBA. Uh, I'm not a big Bucks fan. I think what Jimmy Butler did is amazing, but kind of expected. This league to me is no longer about Giannis or Joel Embiid or Nikolai Jokic. I mean, they're great players, but to win to me in the NBA, you got to have something that's firepower big time in the backcourt. The Devin Bookers, the Trey Youngs, the Jimmy Butlers, and that's exactly what Milwaukee does not have. Uh, Joe Ingles, and, you know, when you're scoring like 20 points a game out of the backcourt, I think that's probably close to what they had the other night. It's not going to cut it anymore. And that's why. I'm not surprised what Miami's doing to them. Well, I like you're not being surprised. I am a diehard Heat fan, and I am even surprised. I thought it was interesting, though, his point there, Joe, about it coming out of the backcourt. He mentioned there Devin Booker. He mentioned Trey Young. He mentions Jimmy Butler. Neither of those three guys have the championships, though. And the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis, well, he does. Yeah, he does. Uh, just a fascinating series. I love the call starting with the real quick and then we get the whole the whole diet diatribe as well. That's the whole uh no disrespect, but and then here comes the disrespect. Fascinating way we call. all choose it was to a good communicate call. You're with each other. You're always critical of the call, of the manner of the call. It was a good call though. You I like to critique calls. He was talking about the Heat Buck series. Of course. Calls are, are free. Like Callers are free to call in and critique the show and disagree with us. We welcome all forms of conversation. I am free to disagree critique the Joe. callers as well. Because it's mutual here. We all love slash hate each other the same way. So it's all good. Let's go to Dave. Dave is in Austin. I have a feeling Dave loves us. Dave, thanks for the call on Joe and Amber tonight. Go ahead. Hey, um, first of all, I'm a huge Deion Sanders fan. And, uh, you know, I'm reading these articles. Everybody's dissing them about this and this. Jason. These guys that are leaving are three and two star players. You were 1-11. Your closest loss was to Arizona State by 8. You beat Cal, who sucks. You beat them in overtime. 
every other game you played, you got blown out three to four score possessions. Bye. Get rid of them, Dion. That's what you do. You clean house, start over again. One reporter on your station said, oh, he's going to be lucky if he wins four games. Uh, hello, better than one in 11. Yeah, no kidding. They would be lucky if they won four games when they only won one last season. I couldn't agree with Dave Moore. I think the mass exodus, it looks ugly. It looks ugly when you get to a program and everybody enters the transfer portal by the dozens. At the same time, this is a program that needed a complete overall. He said he was going to bring a complete overall to that program. And that's why you hired him was to overhaul this thing. I mean, he said he was going to do it. He said it right from the beginning when he addressed everyone and he puts all this on social. So it's not like there's a big argument. He flat out said a lot of y'all who are here right now are not going to be here in the fall. He was planning on getting rid of a bunch of them. Caller's right. It was a terrible team last year. It's pretty hardcore. A lot of people might look at that and say they're just college kids. It ain't college anymore. There's NIL. People are getting paid. Heads are going to roll. There's consequences if there's no winning. Dion's job is to win. I think it's going to be a very tough year for Colorado, but I'm kind of intrigued and impressed by what he's doing. He's going to get in there and he's going to go to work. Right now, the Knicks are up on the Cavs 96-84. to That is in the fourth quarter, about five minutes left in that game. The Grizzlies are up on the Lakers 73-67. to That one is in the third quarter, about six minutes left in that game. Heat Bucks tips off in just about 20 minutes from now. Warriors Kings tips off in about 50 minutes from now. We will continue to keep you updated on the NBA postseason action, plus more of your phone calls. We'll keep them coming, and we'll get to them next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Now the Knicks double-digit lead on the Cavs in Game 5, 100-86. The Knicks looking to eliminate the Cavs. Julius Randle had left that game with a sprained ankle. Uh, Jalen Brunson is in the zone. 21 points. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. The Lakers and Grizzlies, that one's close right now. Grizz up one point on the Lakers. We're taking your phone calls, 888-ESPN. You're getting some bonus Joe and Amber tonight. Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. Find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Let's get to some more of your phone calls. Robes Pierre is in North Carolina. Robes Pierre, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Hey, listen, um, I'm a um, I'm a starved for success Carolina Panthers fan. I'm just a little concerned about the potential selection of uh, Bryce Young. I've got a scenario for you. Let me uh, see what you think about this. Let's say you know they they select Bryce Young. You know he's playing. They get him in the game. He's playing. He takes a big hit. He's removed from the game. But yet, he feels he has to return to the game sooner than he is actually ready because he does not want to um, submit himself to the criticism of him being too small. And I think that could potentially be a problem. Uh, What do you think about that? Thanks for the call. I mean, there's a lot of checks and balances now to try to avoid that problem. I could see that actually being a problem. I don't think that's a crazy thing to mention because all Bryce Young's hearing is the negativity around his size. Everyone's saying, oh, this is a phenomenal quarterback. He'd easily be the best quarterback in this draft and one of maybe the best quarterbacks in the last five years if he wasn't so small. It's size. It's size. It's he's small. He's small. He's small. So I would imagine that creeps into your head, that criticism, and that you're right. You probably want to appear bigger and tougher on the field and, and appear that, hey, size is not a problem here if I get hit. But the reality is the NFL has done what it can to put protocols in place so that decision is not in the hands of the player, not even in the hands of the team. We saw it with Tua Tungavaloa, another undersized quarterback, by the way. Uh, so hopefully those protections will work if that situation unfolds Joe I don't think it's a crazy thing to to mention though it's a big deal now because this is the time of year we talk about that stuff we 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 critique these guys every which way from Sunday and we have more analysts than ever before who are breaking it down we're giving it more coverage than ever before because the people want it but once we get to the season we're not going to start in week one by saying how is Bryce Young's size going to affect the Panthers in this week one matchup against oh let's call it Atlanta 
right? We're going to talk about things like, well, he's a rookie. Should you start the rookie in week one? Should you give him some time to develop? Find a soft landing spot the week after the bye, then you insert him. It becomes that narrative. If he starts getting dinged up, then the stuff gets resurfaced. He's just too small. He's just too frail. But I think we're going to move past that once we get past the draft. That's a conversation for now. And then I don't think his size surfaces again until he either plays really poorly, then people will bring it up. He gets hurt a lot, then people will bring it up. Or he plays incredibly well, and people will bring it up to shut the naysayers up from this time of year. Owen. Owen is in Michigan. Hey, Owen, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, love the show. Thanks for putting me on. Um, first off, yeah, coming on that FaceTime. I don't know who the heck is FaceTiming, but it, it's just stupid. I don't even know who made it. Um, to the point, though. Um, so I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Always been, always will be. It's been a couple rough years, but now things are starting to look up, and especially with that sixth pick tomorrow. Depending on how it goes, depending on how the pick goes, how far do you see the Detroit Lions making a run this year? Can you see them making it to the championship game? I am not huh? one who, who who can see that. Uh, but, you know, it's funny, Joe, because they were one of those teams. A lot of people were really hot on the Lions last season. And they're a franchise that I think everybody agrees, hey, they're trending the right direction. There's been some rebuilding here. I do feel like a lot of people on our airwaves was expecting too much from them last season, and they tend to start things off very slowly anyways. I continue. I, I can see them continue to build, and I can see them being pretty good this season. I don't think they're going to be championship-worthy yet. Like, that's 10 steps ahead. So there's a few things working in their favor. Number one, with Rodgers gone, how tough is the divisional competition? Bears won three games last year. They'll be better, but they're not going to be great. Packers are going to take a step back. And the Vikings, who won 13 games last year, will be good, but they won't be 13 games good. There's some mathematical regression coming for them based on how many wins they had in one-score games. So the easiest path to the playoffs is by winning your division. As we all know, go out and win the division. Once you're in, you're set with at least one home game. Look around the rest of the NFC. What are you scared about? Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Bucks. That's a pretty soft division in the South. Out West, the Niners should be formidable, but questions a quarterback. Seattle's okay. Arizona stinks. The Rams will be a little bit better than last year, but who knows if they'll be very good. And then you got the Eagles, the Cowboys, and Washington, the Giants. It's a soft conference. Detroit could find themselves there simply because they don't have to deal with that much great competition. Because right now, it does not look like there's a lot of great competition. Roger, Roger is in Ohio. Hey, Roger, thanks for the call. Go ahead. So I was thinking, will the Warriors make it to the second round? Because they were down 2-0 in the beginning. And then here they are, tied 2-2. With De'Aaron Fox hurt, will the Warriors win? Uh, Well, that is the million-dollar question, right? Listen, I do think that the Kings have a lot of pressure on them tonight to try to win at home. I don't think they want to go back to Golden State in that situation. It's going to be hard with De'Aaron Fox hurt. De'Aaron Fox has a broken index finger. He did finish that game, though, with a broken index finger. He was actually shooting fine with a broken index finger. We'll see if it affects him tonight. I do expect him to get the go. I think that it's not going to be as much of an issue as people are thinking, Joe. Quick update. The Lakers brought this thing all the way back to, like, tie, and then Memphis went on this insane run to close out the quarter. I don't know. Is this like a 16-0 run? They're up 92-76 after a great first half of the quarter for the Lakers. The Grizzlies have stormed back. They're hitting everything here in the third quarter. Um, To answer the question about the Warriors, look, they're in a great situation right now considering the fact that they've evened the series and that De'Aaron Fox, who's averaging 31 points per game on 45% shooting, is compromised. And with him compromised, that opens up the window. 94-76 Memphis. What an end of the third quarter. What an end. But the Warriors have had issues on the road all season. And a lot of people thought, all right, well, it's a regular season. They'll flip the switch in the playoffs. No, they went 0-2 on the road at Sacramento. So that's the key. Will those road woes show up? Because one adage we all know, and gamblers say this all the time when it comes to the NBA playoffs, role players play better at home than they do on the road. And you've got to count on those role players for certain key minutes. The role players in this series, like Jordan Poole, have played much better at home than they have on the road. So tonight would be the turn for the Kings role players to step up and put some numbers up. The Warriors are 10 and 33 up to this point on the road. 10 and 33. That includes the playoffs. That is abysmal. Steven is in Tennessee. Hey, Steven, thanks for the call. What do you have for us tonight? 
Stephen is gone. All right. We are moving on from Stephen. You uh, heard you were coming to Tennessee this weekend, and uh, that was That's that. true. Stephen needed to get the heck out because he heard I was going to be in Nashville, Tennessee this weekend on a girl's trip. What? What? Anthony <laughs> is in Michigan. Anthony, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, thank you for taking my phone call. I appreciate it. Um, I'm actually uh, live in Michigan, but I'm from Illinois, so I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and I'm so relieved that Aaron Rodgers is gone. And so, you know, he's owned us. He's actually had ownership over the Bears for a number of years. So, you know, but for him to go to the uh, Jets, I, I'm happy for the Jets, although I think that their hopes are going to be a little too high because if Rodgers isn't able to take the Packers and the NFC to the Super Bowl, what makes you think that he's going to get past Holmes or Cincinnati and their quarterback? Uh, yeah, thanks for the call. We're up against the clock, but absolutely right. He joined the much harder conference. It was the only option. The Packers weren't going to trade him inside the NFC. Let's be real. He was going to end up an AFC quarterback somehow, some way. The competition's going to be much stiffer in the AFC than it was for him in the NFC. I did hear Courtney Cronin, who covers the Bears for us here at ESPN, joke that she expects them to throw a parade in Chicago because they must be so happy with the departure of Aaron Rodgers. That was a big (laughs) win there for Chicago Bears fans. Coming up next. Next, Warriors-Kings, Game 5 on our airwaves. Also, go Heat. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.